Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. And I am so delighted you're here because if you weren't, I would be alone with Breakwell, and that would be creepy. But you have tuned into the podcast where me, Dr. Steve, the better looking of the two, despite all the preening that Breakwell did to prepare for this recording, and he's James the Exploding Unicorn, and he has hair that looks like a horn, Breakwell, saying thanks for being here. James, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing amazing because unlike every other week where we spend 30 seconds frantically trying to think <laughs> up a topic, which also happens to be 30 seconds before the episode starts, I actually have a topic today. You know, I always come up with good topics, and yes, I may take them from things that I've read, like your column, but that doesn't make it your idea. That usually makes it my idea. Uh, that, that's true. If you take an idea from me, it is your idea. That is how <laughs> ideas work. But this idea I actually took yeah. from my neighbor. So Ooh, I got? was driving down the street to take my kids to school, and he's got a sign up in his front yard with two balloons by it. And it said, uh, happy 21st birthday, you know, insert uh, his name here. But then uh, at the at the bottom of the sign, it says, buy me a drink. And he included like his cash app link. Like you could driving down the road, oh use my God. this thing to give this kid money. So he can drink on his 21st birthday. And it got me thinking about using the internet for handouts because that's something <laughs> we all run into. I mean, it's certainly on Twitter and certainly in the podcast world. I mean, we've all, we all have our line where we'll use the internet to ask for money. And where is it? And I, I can't decide if this kid out there asking for money from people who drive by, if he's pathetic or brilliant. And maybe he's somewhere in between. <laughs> I guess it depends if anybody asks actually gives him money if somebody actually gives him money and he gets drunk at their expense then he's a freaking genius boy i can't tell if i hate this kid or love this kid <laughs> that's kind of where i'm at <laughs> i'm leaning toward hate because he thought of it before i did <laughs> yeah it's like i should put a sign out there too as i've got putting up with four kids buy me a drink like come on yeah. you don't need somebody to buy you a drink on your 21st birthday that's when you've got Yard. all the disposable income and he's he's you know at that age you haven't put on all your weight yet it's real easy to get drunk you don't have oh. fewer pounds to load up yeah it's a like and then you were you know you don't even die from the hangover like the rest of us do no, he's, no. He's, he bounces up and goes to work the next day yeah yeah he's got I, actually i <laughs> i drank a level of alcohol that should have killed me on my 21st birthday yeah. and i woke up the next morning was not even hung over it was <laughs> i could not repeat that performance if i wanted we had a brief conversation the following day because i wanted to know if you were dead <laughs> no no that was that was a different that was recently that was recently i you you, you are aware i'm older than 21 right significantly older. oh i, turned, I didn't i'm yeah. sorry i was thinking of the uh 
I was thinking of a punchline while you were talking. I only listen to like 12% of what comes out of your mouth in the first place, James. And, and that explains your punchlines. It really does. But uh, the, yeah, so what, he, what Steve is talking about, he is somewhat connected to reality, just not the right reality. <laughs> but I went to a, uh, a whiskey and beer tasting event uh, a couple weekends ago, and Steve almost came up here to join me, but yeah. thankfully he did not. So I was spared from that uh, unfortunate. <laughs> social encounter but yeah he thought for sure i was going to die but here's the thing whiskey tastes terrible and so it limits you so you can't pound it like you pound beer so it's just it's hard to get in trouble they even they had one there that was like a hundred or uh, it was like a hundred dollars a bottle and they were giving out ounce samples of it i went up to that one a couple times you know in disguises pretending like i hadn't been up there for that one and it actually tasted good usually when a whiskey's that old it just tastes like garbage people are like oh you can taste the complex flavor and complex is just a, a fancy word for different kinds of terrible like it tastes like burned tires but this one sure. actually was very drinkable so it's good they only gave out one ounce samples because that's where the trouble would have started the rest of it oh. terrible slowed me down so no hangover the next day i was good yeah, it's interesting. Most drinks that have whiskey in them are designed specifically to mask the taste of the whiskey so you can drink more and get drunk without being repulsed. I think I've leveled up. So when I was out there, they had uh, they, they didn't have as many distilled spirit spots as they had beer. And I was just doing the doing the hard alcohol because, you know, I'm hardcore like that. And also, you know, <laughs> watching my girlish figure. So they had vodka and I was drinking that straight. And I realized that, you know, I've been holding myself back doing vodka straight is actually if you get a decent vodka, it's actually easier than doing whiskey straight. Like if you if you get a good vodka, it just tastes like water. There's no barrier between you and drunkenness. So uh, I bought it. I bought a couple local vodkas. I didn't realize there were local vodkas around here, and they are, and they're basically just selling paint thinner. But sometimes the paint thinner is so smooth it doesn't burn like paint thinner, and uh, and that's okay. But I will say I paid for all of those with my own money and did not ask the Internet to finance them for me. Boy, financing on the Internet was a conversation you and I had Five years ago, it feels like 500 at this mm -hmm. point, James, but when we started these podcasts, because you are very popular on the internet, and we erroneously assumed that a podcast you would perform in <laughs> would also be very popular on the internet, so we thought, and by we, I mean me, that this <laughs> could be an opportunity to make money, and you correctly looked into your crystal ball and said, Judy P cannot finance us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Ergo, there's really no money to be had. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how I knew there was no money to be had if it was just my natural <laughs> pessimism and if you if you doubt yourself you're usually right. Or if I saw the writing on the wall, but there's like there's ten billion podcasts out there and there's like 25 that make a meaningful amount of money it's like it's a very sharp curve and weirdly enough our three listener podcast is actually towards the upper end like we're towards <laughs> right shocking. where you start curving but like where we need to be on that curve to make money is like you know 10,000 listeners more than what we have right now. Three listeners yeah. does not cut it. But when every other podcast has between one and zero listeners, you know, we look pretty popular. Uh, but yes, and some of the ways that podcasts get uh, sponsored, so some of them do ask for donations, like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. He just asks for donations. And I've actually given him a donation because I think that's a, a super quality podcast. Uh, other people have like a Patreon setup and a paywall, and you can go in there to get behind the scenes content and all of that. 
Now, you, I believe, for one of your other podcasts, The Commute, I think you did set up a way people could give you money. Did you ever actually get money that way? Yeah, so I was going to talk about that here, too, because it's an interesting look in how economics work. Because so the commute podcast has been around even longer than our podcasts have. Like I'm in almost through my fifth year of doing that. Oh wow! And uh, I have a very stable and decent sized listener base. So it's just it's fascinating to me how this works. You enjoy a podcast, and so you gave a little bump to the podcast. And I have a few that I listen to regularly, and I give them a little bump because I think I am one of the consumers of this information that they are putting their time and effort mm-hmm. and energy and expertise into. So I feel somewhat obligated to support that person. I don't care if that person is a celebrity and has all the money in the world or if they're living in their mother's basement. To me, they're putting out a product that I'm consuming, so I am responsible somewhat for it. So having said that, that's my mindset. So I started the Patreon account just to cover the overhead of the commute, which isn't just financial, but there's a huge time element into it yeah. and energy. Like I, I get guests, like there's a whole bunch of moving parts. So the way that it shook out is just fascinating to me because I have talked about, I want everyone who, I, two shows a week I do on the commute. And I say that's two hours that I'm giving you of content that takes me about four hours for each hour on my side. It takes me four hours to make one hour of your content. So if you give a dollar a month, that's 12 cents per show, because there's eight or nine shows every month, by the way it lays out. I would like everyone who rides this bus for free every month to give one dollar, and then we'll be flying high. And the way it turned out, there are about 15 people who are supporting everyone else that's a freeloader on the bus. And I thought, that's the way this country works. <laughs> like, uh, everyone wants the handful of rich people to support everyone else to do nothing. And I think that can't be how the sled gets pulled. Everyone's got to pull the sled. And uh, it I don't know if it disappoints me or it interests me, probably both. But I think if you and I had a Patreon account, it would work exactly the same way. We would say, everyone just give a dollar and then we'll be cool. And uh, there would be maybe 20 people who would pony up five bucks or 10 bucks a month. And everyone else would be like, eh, it's free content. Go pound sand. You guys are rich. And I'd say two things. One, we're not rich. And two, it doesn't matter if we are. It's a product you're consuming. I'm very passionate about this, James, as you can probably tell. But uh, I forgot what my thesis statement was through all of this. But that's how the Patreon works for the commute. Well, that's specifically why we don't have a Patreon for this one. I don't want Steve to go mad with power when our three listeners <laughs> give us $2 a month. You know, I don't know they what he's going to do with those $6. I'm telling you, they won't. You know, People the funny freeload. It's uh it's weird though because Okay, so one one thing people will tell me sometimes is why don't you charge for your newsletter? There are services where you can make it a subscription based thing, and sure. uh, you're not. It's supposed to be you know uh, gauche to go and talk about uh, you know news uh, newsletter subscriber numbers. But let's say we have a uh, you know it, it's a mid sized city in terms of like the population of this newsletter. If I charged for it, it's not like oh everybody in that city is going to give me a dollar. I'm good. It's right. just the circular 
speculation that newsletter is going to go down from a mid-sized city to a tiny village. Like you just you lose everybody. <laughs> That's exactly right. And uh, and so I never put up that paywall. So how I make money just overall my entire thing, and it, it's a, probably a bad business model, but it's the only one that works for me. Is I just pull people in with free content through progressive layers. So you get the tweets for free, the Instagram, the Facebook, all of that. And if you like that, you can take a step further and give me your email address, and you get the newsletter for free. And that's the really good stuff, the 2,000-word original articles every week. And then if you really like that, then you can click the link at the bottom and go to the really, really, really good stuff and pay for a book. So it's like three levels down (laughs) before you you get to anywhere that even gives me money. And when you give me money, it's not like a donation. It's like, hey, you get a book in return. I am – we are – we are – doing a transaction here and you are receiving something for your money but i have in certain circumstances asked for money not for myself but there's one fundraiser i do every year uh Mm. for uh, a local cause here for uh children in need and uh, i put that out this year and in like a day I raised $5,000, and I say I raised. I mean, it was the the people who subscribed to my newsletter raised it, and then I felt super guilty, so I had to match the biggest donation. I'm like, okay, I can't let them do all of this. <laughs> but they, uh, but yeah, like in a day, $5,000, like that's incredible. And uh, and it's like, it, had I said, hey, today I want you to give me this money, I, I would have gotten like 45 cents. So it just, I think, I think it is a little bit cause-specific for when people will give and won't give. And one of the things people won't give for is content they've already consumed for free like the idea of you do this and then afterwards you decide if you want to pay me or not is not a successful business model except in a very few circumstances like i think uh i guess his name is andy weir the guy who wrote the martian he did uh he he released that book in installments for free at first and he just said donate uh, if you want to, and it went viral, and he actually got money for that. But I think uh, I think that generally doesn't happen. Generally, you end up like me or Steve, and that. Let me tell you something. That is not how you want to end up. <laughs> it just surprises me the mindset of people because I don't have that same mindset. So I was surprised it happened that way. In hindsight, it's not surprising, but I was surprised. And I will say the uh, the the author that you're talking about. I had thought about doing audiobooks with my rock stars mm-hmm. uh, with that same model, which is I will give you the code to get into the audiobook because uh, it's hidden on YouTube or SoundCloud or something, mm-hmm. and just make a donation. You make a dollar, you can make $1,000. Just uh, kick a little into the kitty, and we're happy to give you the book. Just to see how that goes, because I'm insanely curious how people think about products nowadays that were past the era of Napster, where everyone believes music is free. Like they have no idea that there's an artist behind that music that puts all of their time and energy into creating the music. People just assume things should be free. And that's a weird way to think. That's a that's a bad wiring. But I understand that's the way of the world, I guess. Yeah, and you'll see even uh, Twitter accounts with the donation link uh, above them in the bio. Uh, generally, they're for more attractive people than me. You're like the ones I really like are the <laughs> ones where they have like an Amazon wish list. You really know how somebody thinks of themselves if they have an ah, Amazon wish list in their bio. It's like a hooker. Jeez. Yeah, yeah and it's like I, I don't know what people think is going to happen. It's like, oh, this person will pay attention to me if I buy them stuff. It's like that is. <laughs> That is the worst type of transaction, and you're not even you're not even paying for sex. You're paying for like internet attention. Internet attention <laughs> is worth nothing. Let me tell you something: as somebody who gets lots of internet attention, there is nothing more worthless <laughs> than internet attention. 
I get no internet attention. I'm probably a happier person than you, Breakwell. You well, that, that's not hard. You've set a very low bar there. But that, that, <laughs> not, that being said, those uh, those you know, people with the Amazon wish list. I mean, that's not far off from the guy next door with his uh, his cash app thing out there for donations. And I just think, you know. What is dignity worth? I guess is what it comes down to right. at some point. And I think I talked about you with the, this early on. Like if somebody comes up for an ad and they're like, you know, we're gonna we'll pay you fifty bucks to shill this product. It's like I wouldn't do it. I mean, even though that's fifty dollars more than we've ever made on this podcast before, <laughs> it's like neither of us needs that specific fifty dollars, right. and it's not commiserate with the time we put in. It's like you know what. I'd rather have my dignity and independence. Like, don't get me wrong. We will absolutely sell out. But there's, like, a sellout line. Like, it's got to be a reasonable <laughs> amount. You give us a reasonable amount, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll sell out for that. Absolutely. But below that, it's like, well, I have a shred of dignity. We'll just we'll just not advertise anything. And it doesn't matter that we make everyone angry, you know, all three of our listeners. It just you can do what you want. So there is something to be said for that. I would rather have my freedom uh, than a pittance. And, I, and I, I think people run into that on Twitter, too. Sometimes some of these companies that selling tea or water or whatever else, especially the the, you know, the smaller ones, they'll they'll do it and they'll like give you something like, oh, every if you sell, send out this link, everybody who buys from it, you get a cut. And it's like, okay, you're advertising for this company, and you probably made like a dollar, a dollar and a half. Like it just it is not worth it. It's I, I guess what I'm saying is be greedy and be willing to walk away. If you want to know the secret to making money, at least before the pandemic, before all the advertising dollars shut off, it's like just just don't care if you get advertising money or not. And that's how you get high <laughs> prices because you say, hey, this is the price. If you don't want it, that's fine. And then eventually somebody pays it or they don't. And uh, then you're good to go. And then we don't have to sit here making a dollar and a half every week uh, because I'm worth more than a dollar and a half. Steve's not, but that's, you know. Balance out together, we're worth seventy-five cents. So take that for what it's worth. Oh, oh, I'm doing the math there. Some I'm worth two bits, or no, Are four you? bits. That's Ooh. not bad. Well, if you're worth a buck, oh no, you're worth Are, a buck and a half, and together yeah. we're worth seventy. Oh, yeah, I divided oh. it in half. Yeah, there oh. you go. Dang, that was that was harsh, even for you, James. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I boy, this uh, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. It's interesting. I did have one sponsor for four months on the commute, and it was exactly what you're saying. It was a fee split. And as a friend of my wife's runs a hair care company and said, yeah, just uh, advertise my thing, and then we'll split whatever sells off of his show. And so we did. And I think I made 400 bucks. Like did it you was really? not, That's Yeah, it good. was not unworth it. But uh, I don't know. It uh, certainly didn't. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, make me rich kind of money, but it was a nice little bump to get last summer. That's actually that's actually a wildly successful like price per product uh, thing. I, generally, it does not turn out that well. And it's interesting because how advertisers pay, they don't necessarily pay for how many people you advertise to. They pay for the kind of people you advertise to. So if you advertise huh. to the kind of people who actually buy things – uh, then you're good to go. So in your case, you have people who are very unlikely to donate, but people who are very likely to buy hair care products. That's an interesting demographic breakdown. Uh, maybe something about you or your appearance makes them uncomfortable about their own hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was part of the punch was, look at me. I'm here shilling skincare and hair care stuff. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And that we got is... a lot of nice free samples too. So I had uh, bouncing and behaving hair. 
That it, well, there you go. I'm I'm impressed you had enough here to do that <laughs> yeah, with. I have no so. <laughs> idea what to do with that information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then you dis who they they broke it off or you broke it off? No, nah, we just did a quick run because my thought was there will be diminishing returns after oh. a while with any advertiser, right? Yeah, so that's true. That uh, people kind of get into that machinery and then they're like, all right, well let's get something new and novel and there was nothing new nor novel after that contract it wasn't it was a handshake after that agreement ended i, I think the real money online it's not uh it's not in donations and it's not in books i think it's in like coaching ongoing coaching plans you get somebody who knows a little bit about something and you get them to subscribe and you get them to pay you a monthly fee so <laughs> it, i mean if you think about it it makes a lot of sense so let's say you subscribe to their coaching plan like for weightlifting or whatever else for yeah you know it, let's just say 20 bucks a month 20 bucks would be like the cheapest thing you ever run into everything everybody who charges anything it's always like this is a 500 dollars value but i'm gonna give it to you for 97 dollars a month oh, well a so deal. i'm out here like a moron selling books which you know or $15, $16 at like sticker price. But what I see from that is like, you know, a dollar and a half. So I would yeah. have to sell, you know, 97 books to equal what they get from one client <laughs> they convinced to pay $97. It's like, oh, apparently everybody's smarter than me. That's probably why I majored in English and write books. That's, that's why I'm here. I didn't major in business. I didn't figure this out. But I will say I don't want to coach anybody and I do like buying books. So I have... Uh, I have created my own dilemma here, and I stay locked in it by my own choice, much as we stay locked in this podcast together by our own choice. Nothing's actually keeping here, yet we keep uh, keeping us here, but we keep making the same mistakes over and over and convincing ourselves we do it willingly. So take that for what it's worth. Well, you've brought down the entire mood of the day now, James, <laughs> just thinking about these poor life choices. I couldn't even get drunk with good whiskey with you last weekend. Man. That was on you. I invited you not once, but twice. And uh, you turned it down both times. I thought maybe if I had enough alcohol to almost kill me, we could put up with you. And uh, I thought that was the My wife would have been with me, so that would have been some balancing agent. And we've, uh, you know, we've been doing this podcast for 200 episodes now. You call me from her phone. I have never spoken to your wife. I have never heard her voice. I, I don't know for sure that she's real. I see a woman pop up in your pictures every once in a while. <laughs> I don't have any proof she's actually connected to you. And quite frankly, it's a lot easier for me to believe she is not. Well, there is speculation on Twitter that she is the result of a hostage situation. And so uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny does I, I saw your Mother's Day post where you ordered a steak and had the bottle of ketchup right by it. And I yeah. know, knowing you, that that ketchup wasn't a bluff, that you promptly ruined no, no. that steak. But <laughs> what I need to know is, does she eat ketchup on her steaks? No, I believe I have mentioned on this podcast and several others that I've done that that was one of the biggest fights we ever got in was after eating at Emeril's, Emeril Lagazzi's restaurant in Las Vegas, because we... We had an expensive steak dinner, and I asked the waiter for ketchup, and uh, he gave me a uh, – he ended up bringing, like, a little monkey dish with ketchup in it. Like, they couldn't even put the bottle of Hunt's on the table. Not at a place like that. It would have been a ghast. But uh, I used the ketchup on my steak, and she found that wildly, wildly embarrassing and offensive, which is still a little confusing to me because it was delicious. But anyway, she has never – 
condoned my behavior when it comes to not just ketchup on steak, but the way I eat in general. Like, she has to turn her head away. How much do you think, ballpark, you paid for that steak that you put ketchup on? Mm, 75 bucks, maybe. $75, (laughs) and all you could taste was 10-cent ketchup. It totally masks (laughs) the flavor of— It enhances the flavor of the beef. No, you're just you're just eating tomatoes and sugar. That's all you're that's all you're eating. It's the same reason people put ketchup on hot dogs. You know you can't taste the rat meat. I mean, it's that's what you do to hide things, not to enhance and highlight them. I look, hot dogs are very tasty cuts of rat, if I can say. If you started some sort of donation to make you like not eat ketchup on steak, like that would be a real hostage situation. <laughs> you might actually get some donations, like help me not ruin this steak for a dollar. I will throw the ketchup away and watch the donations come pouring in. You've been going about this completely backwards. I can't possibly do that, James, because ruining my culinary experience would not be worth all the money in the world. Well, there you have it. We have standards, or I have standards. You have, I don't even know what I would call that, that you have. But I think the moral of the story is uh, people are donating wrong, and people are asking for donations (laughs) wrong on both counts. And I'm going to put you and my neighbor asking for money on his 21st birthday in the absolute same category. I'm going to take that in the nicest way possible. But as you mull that over, let me walk us out of here and allow our viewers and listeners and allow Judy to get on with her life. That's basically what I'm saying. So you've made it to the end of another episode of Wrong and Wronger. Feel free to send either of us envelopes filled with unmarked and non-sequential $20 (laughs) bills. You will be among our favorite listeners and favorite viewers. And until next time, this is Steve Levis, Dr. Steve for James, the exploding unicorn breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, thanks for your cash donations, and as always, two wrongs can't. Make a ride.